I just think that is part of what happens when someone has a job. Like there's a confidence that comes Mm. when you have a job, when you're able to provide for yourself and for your children and you see the value that you have. When you see your value, you're willing to stand up for that. Welcome to the Mama Needs Podcast, where we chat about all the things that mama needs. On this podcast, you'll hear real stories from moms that you can relate to and listen in while you do your everyday mom life. Hey, I'm your host, Jen Collins, mama of three kids, wife and founder of Mama Needs Box, a monthly self-care subscription box for moms. Mama Needs Box is also the sponsor of this podcast. We want to spread the message of self-care far and wide through our boxes and this podcast. Just for listening to this episode, I'd love for you to go grab a box for $5 off using the code podcast at checkout. Just head to mamaneedsbox.com to see our theme this month and subscribe for yourself or give it as a gift. My guest today is Emily Connell de Almansour. She is the founder of Solo Hope, a nonprofit organization that empowers women by creating jobs, making jewelry, home goods, and more. Emily and her husband have two kids and they currently live in South Georgia with their hearts heavily invested in the beautiful country of Honduras. Me and Emily chat all about Solo Hope, how and why she started it, what they do and who it impacts. She talks about meeting her husband in Honduras. You definitely want to hear her tell that story as she giggles her way through it. It is the cutest. We talk about the ornaments that I ordered for our December Mama Needs boxes and hear stories from Emily about the artisans who created them and the impact it had. That is by far my favorite part of this episode. Lastly, she tells us about a project she's working on now. She and her husband purchased a 1920s building in their town in South Georgia and are turning it into a storefront full of ethically made global goods. I know you will love Emily. Enjoy our conversation together and make sure you find Solo Hope and follow along with the good work she's doing in Honduras. All right. Hey, Emily, welcome to the Mama Needs podcast. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. It's so nice to meet you. Can't wait for you to um, tell us all about you. Tell us, you know, who you are where you guys live, and what you do. Okay, so uh, my name is Emily Connell Date Mansour. Uh, the long last name is because I'm married to a guy from Honduras. Mm-hmm. Um, we are in South Georgia, which you might can tell by the accent. Yeah, a little um, bit. <laughs> a little bit. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, but we've actually not been here too totally long. I grew up here in this area, but um, for the last year, well, up until about a year and a half ago, we were living in Honduras. Um, so that said, I am a mom. I am a wife. I am also the founder of an organization called Solo Hope. And we partner with artisans in Honduras. And really our hope is to see the cycle of generational poverty broken and replaced with a legacy of hope. So, um, yeah, so we're stateside for a season, working on green cards and all that fun stuff. But um, mm-hmm. the work in Honduras continues, and and lots of work here stateside too. <laughs> yeah. So tell us about Solo Hope. Um, why did you start it? You know, what's your background with nonprofit work? Um, who does it support? What is the impact? Things like that. 
So I started going on mission trips when I was 16 and I'd always kind of had this curiosity and interest in other countries. And so when I went on a mission trip, my first time to, to Honduras, I remember stepping off the plane and just feeling like I had come home. It Aww. just was really, was really something special. And so um, from that point on, like I really fell in love with like everything about Honduras. I, I loved the culture and the food and the people and even, even the heart. Like it's in a way it felt like stepping back in time a little bit. Um, and I loved that. Like my dream growing up was to be Dr. Quinn. So like that was, <laughs> that was okay. It was alley. So that's awesome. Um, <laughs> but so like I started going at that point at 16 and I kept going, I kept going and I worked with um, different missionaries and nonprofits and just got to really observe how, how they worked and, um, and different ones, how the, the approach and the model that they took. And through that time, all those visits, I, I really got to build relationships with the women there in Honduras. And the area that we work in is in La Esperanza. We're very remote. We're up in the mountains. Um, and it's very rural. So women in that area just had very few job opportunities. And the poverty was extreme. So through that, just getting to know these women and hearing the challenges and the struggles that they were facing, I really just wanted to do something that would help create more of a long-term solution versus just a quick fix. And it looked like jobs. It looked like jobs was the way to do that. Um, so in 2012, I had a really random idea to create bracelets out of pine needles and thread. Um, that is a skill, an art form really in Honduras that um, some of the women know how to do. Usually they use it for basket weaving. And I thought we could take that same skill and use it to create bracelets. And so I, I met with a lady named Dilcia and I had these really rough sketches. I do not have a design design background. Um, I, my degree is in marketing. And so it, I mean, they're rough. They're really rough. And I met with Dilcia and I said, Hey, do you think this is possible? And we met in her home, um, an Adobe home. I can remember that first time going to her house, footpath to her house. And she took a risk on me and she said, yes. And I quite, I, really so much of the success of Solo Hope and what we are today um, to her, yes, because she just was willing to say yes. Um, so that's how we got started. We started with bracelets in 2012. That December, we launched with just 80 bracelets. And so gradually, we've grown over the years. We've grown our team. We have about 12 artisans we partner with. And then we also work with co-ops, women's co-ops, a couple partner partnerships there that we have and then in 2017 um, we really started focusing more on community development work um, really trying to work in these very remote hard to get to communities and that's really been spearheaded by my husband and it's it's a really beautiful work and I mean I just feel so thankful to be a part of it yeah. Oh, it sounds beautiful. I love that story of 
of you having the idea with these rough, rough sketches and going to this lovely woman and seeing if she would do it. And I just, it's just so, I love humble beginnings. I think that is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, at what point did you meet your husband there in Honduras? So I met him the first time in 2015. Um, I had a team that had come down from the States, a volunteer team, and we had contracted a a transportation company and he happened to be the guy who showed up. (laughs) (laughs) And so it is, we kept that first time, like we got to be friends. And then I really, I didn't see him again until gosh, the next year, probably six months later. And I had another team and he was the one who showed up and he, um, I don't know that second time we just kept making googly eyes at each other. So, <laughs> I don't know. I kind of like this guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so cute. You're like, <laughs> you're like already blushing when you're talking about him. It's so sweet. Oh, I love that. So, um, did he speak English or did you know enough Spanish to kind of get by with the conversation or how did that work? So I have learned Spanish over the years. At that point, still, my Spanish was pretty rough. I mean, it was I could communicate, but it was not what it is now. And my husband does not. He has learned a lot more English um, and he's doing really he's doing really good with it. But um at that point, no, like it was wow. me speaking Spanish. And even to this day, like at home, we speak Spanish. He's learning English still. So um, at home, we speak Spanish and the kiddos, um, I have a little boy and a little girl and they, so my little girl is actually my stepdaughter and she came to the States last year, not knowing a word of English. Wow. She learned English probably in gosh, three months. I mean, oh, kids are amazing, right? Kids are incredible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're incredible. They really, really are. So yeah, we speak Spanish at home. I love that. What a beautiful story. Thanks for sharing that. So as you know, obviously we, um, we started chatting, gosh, what, like six months ago, maybe about partnering, collaborating somehow. And, uh, you approached me about an ornament, putting an ornament in our, uh, December box and we've done ornaments in the past, but this ornament's special and it's made from that material. You were talking about the pine straw and what was it? Just thread and pine needles. Yeah. Yeah. Thread and pine needles. Mm -hmm. Um, which I mean, when I received the ornaments, opened them up, inspected them. I mean, they are beautiful, gorgeous. My daughter was also just like enthralled. She's 13. She was just enthralled with them. And she was like, let's go make some room on the tree. And we went and put it on right away. Um, And it's just, (laughs) I I know. And I loved when you, when you emailed me and we were talking about it and you were saying, you know, I love the idea of our mamas in Honduras creating these ornaments for your mamas back in the States and, um, you know, women supporting women, like all of the things surrounding that, obviously I'm a huge fan of. Um, so tell us a little bit about the ornaments themselves. And I wonder if you have like any stories about the actual women who made them. Yeah. Um, yes. So first off, I love 
I just love the circle. Isn't that the coolest thing? It's like yes. these mamas in Honduras, mamas in the US, and we're all connected mm-hmm. and we all need each other. So I just, I love it so, so much. Um, yeah. So the ornament that, that is in mama needs is a, it's a star and it takes about a couple hours to make. So it's providing two hours of work and some, you know, depending on which artisan it may take a little more or even a little less, but approximately two hours. Um, and it's using pine needles and thread and those are all things sourced right there in Honduras. And then it has a, a little satin ribbon on it. And also that was sourced in Honduras as well. So, um, it's just a super special ornament that is more than just an ornament. You know, it's, it's impact that it creates too. So, um, but some of the artisans that have created those, those ornaments, um, gosh, I can think of so many stories and, um, oh man, which one do I want to share? You can share more than one if you want. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I think of one in particular and this, gosh, I think this conversation probably happened a couple years ago, um, but we were all, t- the artisans and I were all together meeting together and the topic of alcoholism came up and we began talking about how that is so prevalent in Honduras amongst the men and almost all the women in the group were like, have all been affected by it. And either a husband or a son or a father um, has been impacted by alcoholism. And so um, one of the young women started talking about this and she said that her husband struggles with this. And, and so as we listened to her, she said that as when he would drink, he would get violent. And, And I was like, immediately, you know, red flags everywhere. I'm like, okay, but are, are you safe? Has he ever hit you? And she just like sat up straighter in her chair and she was like, I wouldn't let him. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and I just think that is part of what happens when someone has a job. Like there's a confidence that comes mm. when you have a job, when you're able to provide for yourself and for your children and you see the value that you have, when you see your value, you're willing to stand up for that. Um, so I think about that, um, gosh, we have, um, I think about Consuelo, she's one of our artisans. Um, she has for years, literally for years, taken care of her husband who had a sickness that really, we still don't know what he had. Um, and I just watched her be so faithful in that process. And I remember getting a call one day and she asked, and we were in Honduras at that point, and she asked me if I would come and and just pray with him because he wasn't doing well. And so my husband and I, we went out and we went and prayed and he was, he was on death's door. He really was. And we, we prayed and I left there thinking we're fixing to get a call that he's passed on. And that call never came. And so I called myself. I'm like, hey, just wanted to check how's everything going. And Consuela, who is just such a, a woman of faith, too, like she she was just like, he's better. 
And it was just incredible because, and like literally that point, he just started getting better and better. He is now, uh, he serves in the church. He helps, he helps them. Like he helps our artisan team when they need things cut or, you know, he helps them. And so it's just been really neat to see her faithfulness to her husband all these years were really rewarded um, through the gift of his healing. And um, so things like that are just so special because we don't, sometimes we don't see those things here in the States because, Mm. you know, I don't know, we're so dependent on ourselves, I think as part of it. And there you see a dependence on community and a Mm. dependence on God. Mm. And, and so um, it's been really neat to, to learn from them over the years and and then I think I, I would share too is, and I don't even know if you really wanted to go down this path, but I just think about like over about a year and a half ago, um, gosh, it's been a little bit longer than that now, but um, my husband and I, we received some really hard news. We were living in Honduras still at that time, and we found out we were going to have a little girl, and then... Um, we also found out that she had a condition called anencephaly and that condition didn't, I mean, life outside the womb wasn't viable. And I saw our community in Honduras, our artisan team just surround us in the most beautiful way. Mm. Um, They carried us. And I think so often people stateside or in the Western world, we are guilty of looking at people in poverty or who are overcoming poverty and thinking, oh, we can do so much to help them or, you know, oh, poor them. But it's really quite the opposite. Like they have so much to teach us and there's so much we can learn from them. I have learned so much over the years just in being in community with them. Um, Mary Bell, one of our artisans, she says, when one cries, we all cry. And when one laughs, we all laugh. And they live by that. They live by that. So it's just, um, it's just been an incredible journey to get to walk with them over the years. That's beautiful. Um, I just think hearing those stories and holding the ornaments in our hands, you know, for those listening who are subscribers and got the box for themselves or got it as a gift and they're listening and they're hearing the stories of real people um, who made these ornaments and work with you. Um, it just really makes it real. It brings it home. It gives us something to pray for. And it gives us something to think of other than ourselves and our problems and, you know, what's going on with us. It it keeps us, um, others focused. And I think I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna, I'm like getting emotional when you're talking about these stories because it's just so special. And every time I look at my tree and my Christmas ornament, I'm literally going to remember those names that you mentioned. And I think everybody listening will too. It's just really, really beautiful. So thank you for sharing that. And I also wanted to ask you, um, what, uh, what other products do you make besides jewelry? I know that you make a lot of home goods and other things like that. Mm -hmm. So kind of give us an idea of what people are making, uh, for solo hope. Yes. So we do jewelry and accessories and then also home goods. So, um, home goods being baskets, um, small bowls. Uh, one of our most popular products right now is called the Barrow Bowl, which Barrow in, in Spanish is 
it's clay. So, or in English, it's clay. And, and those little balls have been one of our biggest hits, but everything is just using the resources that they have available there in country. And then, um, and a lot of those traditional arts and skills that they have as well. Um, but if you're a boho, like boho style, that fits so, so well um, with our, our kind of our, our style and aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like your branding is very much boho, um, natural, like just mm-hmm. really beautiful for that, that aesthetic. I love it so much. Yeah. Um, before we move on, tell us where people can find um, Solo Hope online, your website, Instagram, and anywhere else. Okay, so you can shop at solohope.org, and that's S-O-L-O-Hope.org. Um, and then we're also on Facebook, Solo Hope, and on Instagram at solohope.org. Um, awesome. So yeah, we would love for you guys to give us a follow. Yes, for sure. And we'll include all that in the show notes. So everybody listening can just click over and follow and browse what you guys have to offer. Um, So before we go, I wanted to ask um, just some fun kind of ending questions um, for people to get to know you a little bit better. So if we went to Starbucks together, which would be lovely, I would love to do that. uh, What would your order be? (laughs) Um, okay. So we do sell coffee. So I don't know oh. if you go to Starbucks. I do go to Starbucks. I cannot lie, but <laughs> I just recently had a dirty chai and it was so good. So I think I would order that. It's been okay. on my mind ever since. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds good. I love chai. Yeah. Uh, well, what are you reading right now? Or if you're not reading something right now, what's, what have you read recently? Okay, so right now I'm reading a book by Francine Rivers. Have you ever heard of her? Oh, yeah. Redeeming Love. Yeah. Yes. I've read that one. And then a friend told me that I needed to read. um, It's the Voice of the Wind series. Okay. I haven't read that. Or make Mark of the Lion. Sorry. Mark of the Lion. The first one in the series is called Voice of the Wind. So I just started that one. But I did just finish a book called um, No Cure for Being Human by Kate Bowler. Uh Uh-huh. such such a good book I think such a great perspective on suffering in our Mm -hmm. world and so I really really enjoyed that book it was very good oh good okay we'll link to those two what is your favorite way to practice self-care as a mom oh I love quiet time (laughs) (laughs) don't we all (laughs) how old are your kids um so my little boy is three and then my daughter is nine she just turned nine and so it is it's a lot <laughs> <laughs> yep my my little guy has so much energy which I think that's just a boy thing but it is so yeah. much energy <laughs> <laughs> yes that quiet time is something that we crave I mean I'm an extrovert yes. and I've found that with motherhood I have become more of an introvert like I just need to be alone and be quiet yeah, yeah. I love it yeah I I try, I'm not the best, but I really do try to, to get a walk in every day and just mm. by myself and, and just fight for that walk because yeah. it brings a little sanity <laughs> to the chaos. And so that's one of the, I guess that would be one of my methods for self-care. Yeah, that's a good one. That's good. 
Well, our show is called the Mama Needs Podcast. And amidst all of the holiday craziness, we just had Thanksgiving. We're moving into Christmas. You are renovating a building for a storefront, running a nonprofit. You're doing a lot of things. So as a mama too, what do you need right now? I need a nap. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think that would be pretty much great. A nap and a vacation. But um, (laughs) yeah, yeah, those two things would be good. (laughs) Yeah. Well, real quick, because I mentioned the storefront and you had told me that before we pressed record. Tell us a little bit about about that. Uh, You said you're in South Georgia and your nonprofit just probably kind of runs out of your home, right? And then over in Honduras with um, the artisans. Um, but what is what is the storefront all about? So we actually purchased a, a 1920s building. And so we have our office for Solo Hope on, it's two stories. So we have it on the second floor. And then the, the bottom floor, we're doing a storefront, which will feature like all... Um, local and global brands that are, are ethical and give back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm really excited. We are trying our best to be open on December 1st. And oh, so that's exciting. like two days away. Um, but yeah, it's it's a lot of fun and it's a lot of hard work. And I'm very, very grateful for my husband because he's been doing <laughs> the heavy lifting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that sounds like a leap of faith for sure, but for super sure. exciting. So you'll have to keep us posted on your um, Instagram so we can kind of follow along and cheer you on. So yes, that's so thank exciting. You. Yeah. Well, Emily, it has been such a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you for taking the time and just sharing about your beautiful nonprofit, the, the stories and the um, just the impact that you're doing that you know God is doing through this ministry and um, you know our ornaments are just like a drop in the bucket over there but I'm just so thankful um, that you reached out to me and that we were able to work on this together because I just think it's so special so I appreciate you well thank you I'm so so thankful for this partnership (laughs) 